0: This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. I'm super excited. Uh, Brother uh, Hidalgo and I go back, goodness, it's almost 10 years now, close to 10 years that we first connected. Uh, So I'm very excited. Brother, will you just introduce yourself? Tell the listeners a bit about your ministry, uh, where you are now, and then we'll get into sort of a conversation. We'll find the flow, and we'll see uh, what the Lord will do.
1: Yes, most definitely. Thank you, brother Brook, uh, brother, brother Crooker. You know, it's a, it's a, a, big honor to be honest with everybody out there who's listening. I am an inspector here in Phoenix on the interstate. I'm, I'm a boss man. I sit in my truck all day and I have much hours to kill and I kill those hours listening to this Spotify um, podcast. I mean, there's so much value that I've been gaining. I've spent countless hours listening to actually some of them over and over. And um, I have to give honor to the channel. First of all, you know, if you're not subscribed to this channel, if you've not hit the the ring the bell on the YouTube or subscribed on the Facebook, why don't you go ahead and do all of that and share with your friends because there's a lot of value. You know there are ministers. Example: Sam Emery. For those of you that know Sam Emery, great, great man of God. I've heard his uh, cassette tapes when I first got saved 20 years ago. Um, Ezekiel Johnson's a good friend of mine. I was I was his first evangelist that he had here in Phoenix, and um, he had me preach for him a few times in the last few years. Art Hodges, Charles Lotus, Um, The list goes on and on. Founder of Holy Ghost Radio. Come on, you know, brother, you're really reaching out there, and you're really Casting a net and and bringing like minded ministers together to to share some war stories and um you asked me about my ministry. I kind of got saved in two thousand and three um without going into my testimony. I was called out of darkness, they cast demons out of me I was previously atheist. I was going into witchcraft warlock if you say if you if you, if you will you know I might as well call myself a warlock an ex warlock because I was actually Doing spells and casting them on myself, and headed into the porn industry, and suicidal, and drug addicted, drug dealing. You've you've heard you probably heard this many times from many people, but when God got a hold of me, the first thing after I was baptized and had the Holy Ghost, I immediately went out to um, my first time preaching was in the drive-through windows. (laughs) I remember, I'll never forget it. You know, the first time ever, the fire of God's Spirit burning inside of me. I was like, I need to, I just felt it wanted to speak. It wanted to reach. It wanted to, to talk to people. And I didn't, didn't control it. You know, I would go to the drive through McDonald's, ask for a cup of water. I was broke at the time. I was young man, 21 years old, I'm 41 now, 20 years ago. Would you give me a cup of water, please? Go up to the window. I take the cup of water. Hey, I want to give you this church card. You, you have to just take a moment. Hear what I got to say. in just like in 10 seconds, I went to this church. They cast the devil out of me. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I never spoke in tongues before. I mean, I would just, I may, may not have had wisdom. I may not have, you know, been properly speaking. But I tell you what, some of these people, man, they actually showed up to the church. I mean, you, you don't know what God is going to do when you're genuinely letting the Holy Ghost flow. And um, I did that. And then when I started, um, you know, hanging out with some of the guys in church, they would go to the parks and they would preach at the parks with the bullhorns. And I'd get the bullhorn and I didn't didn't even know any scriptures. Of course, I'd go with the Bible and I'd read a couple of scriptures. But then I started preaching my testimony and preaching what God had done for me and how he opened my eyes and how the demons had me so bound. But when I called on the name of Jesus, they let me go and dropped me. And i would be preaching this to the homeless people and I'd get a crowd going, you know, and. Nothing to do with me, all glory to God, but there would be a crowd gathered around and people I immediately knew that I had a gift. Um, I had Im- immediately had dreams. I, I mean from, go- from from one week in the mosh pits and in and out of jail, out of jail with the pistol ready to shoot my head on top of Casa Grande mountain, I would met, I met my my friend to smoke some weed. By the Apostolic Tabernacle. That's the church I go to now. I give honor to my pastor Combs. I give honor to all the church members there. And they reached out to me. But when I walked in there, smelling like all this marijuana, I sat down in the pew and for the first time ever I heard the gospel preached and it really reached me. And and um it was immediately then that, that I started going home and I, I had the Holy Ghost afterwards. I had dreams. I saw myself preaching with not just by myself. But to my right and to my left, there was lines of ministers with their hands stretched towards an ocean of people, and and I was preaching in my dream. An older man, my hair was all gray, and I was speaking. And from the front to the back, people would be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'd wake up from these kind of dreams, and I'd share them with the brothers in church, and they would just kind of like shrug their shoulders, like, "Oh yeah, that's cute," you know. They didn't really, they didn't really, um, they weren't excited as I was, you know. <laughs> but um, I believed in it. It's all that mattered. I believed in it. So I began to preach in the parks and I went into the nursing homes. And that's where I experienced the gifts of the spirit for my first time ever. And believe it or not, I didn't have no Bible college. I was only saved for a month. And I remember a woman named uh, Loretta, uh, she had this tumor on her hand. And I came on the Monday, she says, son, come here, come here, son. Remember you prayed for this tumor that was on my hand? And I looked at it and it was gone. And it was a, a white scar, a line. She goes, in the middle of the night, God dried it up and it fell off. And I sat there. And I realized then it's not about what people make it to be about. It's about just reading the book of Acts and placing yourself in it and believing you to be one of them. Because he called us to be one of them. And um I I spent the last twenty years striving to do whatever I can do for God after preaching in nursing homes and begin to, I was a young man, uh, youth rallies, uh, Conker's conference here in Tucson, Arizona, huge youth conference. Um, they let me be part of the tag team, fresh fire preacher scene. I go up there and preach and share my testimony. And then, um, eventually my home church started asking me to preach. And then eventually years go by and I'm, I'm going out to my hometown in Maricopa and starting a daughter work church. Six years from a living room to a, a a strip mall suite inside of the strip mall. Um, I can I could tell you many experiences, but just to kind of narrow it down because I want to give you the time to talk as well. I just um, that's what I've been doing, and right now what I'm currently doing, we're working on branching off and starting another dot of work. We have a preaching point here in the Arizona reservation. There's Navajo, there's Papago, there's Pimas, there's there's a lot of different tribes of the, the Native Americans. And we just recently in the last month, we got a building and we've been preaching there for the last three weeks. And we've got a small little crowd going on. Um, I don't know if you know who Brother Harvey. Brother Harvey, he's one of the leaders in the United Pentecostal Church International specifically for the Native Americans. And um, I don't know all his titles and all his offices, but he's been coming to our church. He's actually been sent by the UPC to our church for the next six months. So he's with us, and Brother Harvey's been a blessing with me. He's an elder. He's up in his 60s. And he's connected with lots of great people, and I'm currently working with him. That's what I'm doing right now. Amen.
0: Praise God. I'm excited um, because, and you, you talked a little bit about it when you were getting into sort of what God brought you out of. Um, but for the sake of this particular conversation and the direction I feel like we need to go in, yes. um, because we're going to be talking a, a, about, well, really, it, it's going to be about the power of God. It's going to be about the power of God and and how the power of God, it's literally so transcendent over anything that we can imagine, that yes. it doesn't just remove your sin. It doesn't just remove your past. Oh, it no. literally gets rid of it all together. It, it, it's almost as if, if there had not been people that had experienced the previous you, it would be gone forever.
1: You know, one of the things that I first experienced when I was in church is that people would view me and treat me as if I was some elder way experienced and grown in the church because I... I honestly spent endless hours listening to Lee Stone King's tapes as I went to bed every single night. And I wake up and the tape will be playing, cassette tapes. And then CDs came out and then I put it on repeat, woke up to it. And I, I was training and equipping, training and equipping. I listened to all these people that you have on your, on your podcast, all these great men of God, listening to them. And... When I'd go out, people would see me and just like you said, they would say, I would never even when I tell them, you know, I was headed into the porn industry. You know, I lost my virginity to prostitutes and and, and my first drug I've ever done was not a cigarette, it was a gram of cocaine at the age of fifteen. They look at me and be like, You? No way. And it, it's astonishing how God can really wipe all your past away to the point where people don't recognize you. My fiance left me when I got into this. She said like this, because I told her, cause we were living together. I said, babe, we can't be sleeping together no more. She said, what? I said, we cannot be sleeping together no We have to get married. You know, I just got the Holy Ghost. I told you I was baptized. She's like, but I'm Catholic and I'm never gonna change. And I sat there and looked at her I said, well, you have to respect me because we, I'm, I'm not gonna have sex. And she sat there. That's not fair. I mean, it was only a few weeks of that. She left me and found someone else. I was heartbroken for a season, but I put it down at the altar. But yeah, wipe it away. Every single thing. All my friends, they came knocking on the door. How long's this church phase gonna last? Um, I, you know, hope no. This isn't offend nobody, but I'm just. I, I talk very real. My, my. Um, I guess my porn star name was Freddie Snakes. They'd be knocking on the door, calling me sex. I mean, it was literally like that. I had to literally go in my closet and lay down and close the door and put my head in the carpet and cry because in my flesh, don't get me wrong now, just because I was born again, don't mean I was perfect walking on water, thinking holy 24 seven. I had all kinds of struggles my first year, second year in church. Oh, my goodness held down by demons you know in my bed couldn't couldn't even say the name of jesus people knocking and pounding on my door we got girls we got drugs we got we got the weed they're asking for you snakes and i just sit there and cry because in my flesh i wanted to go out and just say hi but i said no i shut that door and if i go back out there i will be pulled back into my old sin i i, I refuse to go back and I, I, I fought it out throughout the night. And the next morning, God gave me joy for that. I actually had a purpose to run on a Sunday morning. I mean, I had a purpose to jump because, you know, I was excited that I could say no to things that literally controlled me. I was saying no to them rather than being a slave to sin. Woo!
0: <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Man, that's, 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 that's what it's about. Uh, that's, that's what the church... Needs to not only understand. But but get a hold of. Is that. God. In Psalm. It says. I think it's 102. Psalms 102 it says. As far as the east is from the west. God or the Lord. Hath removed our transgressions from us. Yes. So that means. Our transgressions. Everything that we've done. As far as the east well, I mean eventually the East connects to the West eventually they 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 connect that's right but as far as it is so if you were to go from this point all the way around the globe to this point mm-hmm. that's how far our transgressions are removed from us so what the church needs to get a hold of and i've I've been I've been so about this bro. I've been so about this. I wrote a book about it. Restore. I'm I'm about this. This is what the church needs to get a hold of, man. The church needs to get a hold of... If God can remove your transgression from you... We need to remove the transgression from ourself... Mm. And the church needs to remove the transgression from you as well.
1: From ourself... And the church also needs to let it go.
0: Absolutely, we get we get in this habit, and I I, I think it's interesting. The Apostle Paul, how he writes, about, he he in his writing, he said, you know, uh, adulterers, fornicators, drunkards, liars. Uh, he just goes down this list of all these different things of people that will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. People that won't oh, yeah. go to heaven. But then he goes. He continues, and then after that, he says, "But such were some of you."
1: Ooh, right.
0: And we we like to put sins on a scale. We like to say, "Well, this is, oh, so much worse than anything I've ever done." I'm I I'm I'm a good person. I I, I do things right, and I play the part, and I look real good, and I look nice on Sunday in my suit, and I, I look, I, you know, I. I'm playing the part and I'm real nice to everybody But you forgot that Under your breath If you're grumbling and complaining That's still a sin bro Or hating your brother in your heart Hating your brother in your heart That's a sin And here's the thing (laughs) Jesus says He said uh, He said if you Even think about a woman in a way to lust after her you've already yes. so he takes the 10 commandments right and then he says okay in your humanity you're never going to be able to do this they couldn't keep the law if it was looking them in the face right and now here you are here's jesus here's god incarnate he's in the presence of these people and he's telling them that's not good enough He's literally saying, you've got to take it a step further, but you don't have to do it on your own because I am with you always. He said, I may not, I may not be with you in person, but when I leave, I'm going to send you a comforter in my name. I'm going to send, I will be your comfort and I will be there. You talk about, and God will not give more to you than you can bear. And when there's an opportunity to sin, you know, he'll make a way of escape. Well, yes, of course he's going to make a way of escape. Jesus is the way of escape.
1: Yes. You know, Brother Brandon, what you're saying is powerful. It's even preaching to me. It's it's very easy for me to have a list. Like, I even prepared just little pinpoints of the things God delivered me from. Atheism, drug addiction, drug dealing, prostitution, um, in the mosh pits, cutting myself, been to jail twice for extreme DUIs, suicidal, you know, demons cast out. You know, I I, I can preach revivals with this because I've done it many, many times. But I like how Jeff Arnold says. He goes, don't give me that old testimony. Don't give me that testimony from back in 1971. I was a drunkard, you know, but God delivered me. Give me that one from last week where you cussed at the dog and you kicked your cat. You know, give, give me the testimony where where last, last last year you were going through this, this, and this, and this, but you didn't tell nobody because you were too busy putting on the facade and, and keeping that high-profile image. I can tell you, Brother Brandon, I have to preach to myself. And the, what you said, that's found in your book. You're talking about us forgiving ourselves and then the church forgiving us it's weird when i came out the world no matter how worse my sin was from everybody's i was hugged embraced loved but let me climb the the totem pole let me gain a ministry let me start a daughter work one time pastor dylan flown me out to Uh, madison mississippi to the apostolic conference i was on a stage holding a microphone looking to my left and right at all my heroes that i listened to the cassette tape since 20 years since i've been saved mark morgan you know you got court Chavez behind me you got john arcovio right here i mean Lee stone king was preaching at this conference and and you know when you get to a place where you're you're you've you're no longer in those sins of the world, and now you're living up here. I told you a little bit a while ago that I started a daughter work and I pastored for six years with my wife, and it was tremendous success. Matter of fact, the very last service I was ever in, very last one I was ever in, I was baptizing multiple people in this swimming pool, but I was leaving. Why was I leaving? Because I was struggling with a fear. Uh, For those of you that don't know, my son, he had an 8-centimeter brain tumor at the back of his head. And God did a miracle. Now, this is a divine miracle. I'm not trying to take it all that direction. But there's YouTube videos where there's documentations of God causing the roots of this tumor wrapping around the stem to miraculously Disappear. It actually pushed me into like an evangelist where I was being flown out across the country preaching this specific testimony. Well, about six months of doing this, my wife had a 13-centimeter mass in her in her abdomen that was cancer. And all of a sudden, I wasn't so strong, brother, brother Brandon. I wasn't I wasn't so you know enthusiastic because people would try to comfort me, right? The church, they'd say, Brother Freddie, the devil's just after you because he's mad at you. You just got back from India preaching a, a Holy Ghost crusade. You just got back from Mexico preaching crusades, and now you're preaching here, you're preaching there. The devil's just after you. And somehow in my psyche, you know, in my in my ability to not be perfect, ladies and gentlemen, can I can I can I be human as well? I sat there and got scared. I said, man. If this is the kind of way that I'm going to get attacked, maybe I should just lay low from preaching. Maybe I should just take a few steps back. Maybe I ought to take off this mantle, get the keys to my church and give them back to my pastor. And that's what I did. And in that season of doing so, rather than people running and throwing arm around me, I personally felt, and of course people will say the devil playing in my head, but I literally felt that people rejected me. You're supposed to be the leader over there. Who else is going to do that? Nobody can fill those shoes. I guess I had shoes so big that I didn't have nobody else to to, to help me. And I didn't know what to do but to leave. And when I left, it actually put me into a big depression. It put me into about five years of not preaching at all. Not preaching at all. That season ended in my life about 2019 2020-ish, actually COVID, when COVID came, I was like, all right, God, I'm putting the mantle back on. But for that season, it's odd how the church had a hard time forgiving me, loving me, restoring me. And when I was brand new, I was out the gutter. Prostitution, drug addiction, sins I've never gone back to. And I was embraced then. Mm. Just as you said in your book. I had a hard time forgiving myself, and it took even a long time for the church to forgive me, because that church that I pastored and planted, it did fall apart and come to nothing. People have testimonies and experiences, born again, authentic, but there's nothing standing there. Mm. To this day, I live with that pain. Wow.
0: I feel to say something, and it it may not be popular, but I feel to say it. So it may yes. it
1: it it. it Brother, say it. I I mean,
0: <laughs> it may it may lead to me losing to me. some. It may lead to me losing some um, faithful it, 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 listeners. But if, oh, if
1: you lose some faithful listeners, but it ministers even to me. Can I receive a word from God? Can Can I receive something from the Lord? You know that that's how I feel right now.
0: Job was a righteous man. He was doing the will of God. As far as we can tell, he, he was doing everything right. And he's a child of God. And the devil's fighting mad because he has this conversation, this, pardon the vernacular, but this scumbag, he's walking around, he's saying... Uh, he's in the the face of God, and God says, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just walking to and fro. I'm just walking, I'm just hanging out. I'm just walking around. Well, God knew that's not just what he was doing. God knew he was looking. And then he gets to the heart of Lucifer in that moment, and he says, well, in your consideration, (laughs) while you're walking around trying to Hurt my people. Have you considered my servant Job? He goes, yep. Yeah, I've considered him. I've thought about him. But I'm so fighting mad because you've got a hedge around him. And I can't touch him. I can't touch right. any of his things. I can't touch anything anything that he has. I can't right. touch his person. Because you. Because you've got this hedge around him and it ain't right. Right. When you receive the Holy Ghost... God put a hedge around you. Yes. And to the listeners, when you received the Holy Ghost, God put a hedge around you, a hedge of protection. That hedge of protection, God put there, and there is not a single thing that the adversary, which is what Satan means. Satan just means adversary. There is not a single thing that the adversary, who is a fallen angel. Right. He only has the power that was given to him by God. He can't mm-hmm. touch you or do anything to you without God's permission. It's true. Yes. So no matter what you find yourself in, no matter what you're going through, uh, no matter what financial situation, what financial distress you come up upon, and it's easy to look at the situation from an outside perspective and say, well, if you just had more faith, uh, that's. Uh, I'm not here to make accusations. I'm here to tell you the truth. God, without your hedge of protection, is still your protection. Amen. He's still the strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. Hallelujah. He's still your buckler, your shield, your defense. He's your protection. The Bible says, take up the shield of faith. Well, if you're taking up your shield of faith, that's your trust in God. Because that is what quenches the darts, the fiery darts of the adversary. Hallelujah. So when you walk in faith and you walk in trust, it's it's easy to say, I trust God when everything is great, bro. But when your world's falling apart and your family's getting sick and your church is falling apart and the adversary, here's another deal. I This is what I believe. I believe that the Apostle Paul he says, There is a messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet me, and it's a thorn in my flesh. There are there are scholars who think it was a thorn. A literal thorn in his flesh, he couldn't get out. There are scholars that say it was it's just his eyesight. He just he just was he was going blind, and because there there's an, a point where he says, If I if I could have your eyes, if I could I would do No. I believe, I believe, that it was a messenger. A literal messenger of Satan that was whispering in the Apostle Paul's ear that was saying, hey, do you remember? Right. Do you remember when you were holding the coat while they stoned Stephen? Uh Uh-huh, that's right. Do you remember when it was your fault that 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 child's parent got murdered, incarcerated, tortured? Do Do you remember that? And here you are. You're you're preaching the gospel and, and and you're 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 seeing people saved and Who are you? Who are you, Paul?
1: I've heard the voice of the enemy come to my mind and tell me, "Yeah, you've started a great church and for years you had people have faith in you, but now look at those people, they have no faith in you." And you know the way ministry works whenever you're submitted in the church. I am submitted to my pastor, I'm submitted heart. You know, and I, and he uses me to preach here and there but you know the enemy is constantly reminding me of the fact that people have fallen because i cowered down to the the enemy and and the spirit of fear i mean without being too graphic or to scare anybody out there because there's lots of people out there that think this they think that once you get the holy ghost you don't ever have to deal with demons again you don't ever have to deal with spirits that can oppress you torment you uh possess you they they have that idea but i can tell you whenever i stepped down from the ministry that i was leading in maricopa for six years i fell into this self-condemnation the enemy didn't have to beat me up i beat i beat myself i mean i sat there and said look at you you loser i didn't need nobody else to come kick me i kicked myself and in the process of kicking myself there was a lot of spiritual uh, chains that were raveling around the brain, and I need I needed brethren to pray with me. And that's another thing out there. For those of you that are listening, and if you've ever been delivered of spirits, and you've received the Holy Ghost, been set free, and you've ever been somehow entangled again in, in bondage, where, where you need to be once again set free, can I tell you that there's hope for you? There is an ability for God to set you free and 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 don't believe the lie of the enemy that says that you don't need to be set free there there's deliverance for the church as well. It's not just for the the sinner out there the the brother Freddie's out there who came out the streets broke busted, and disgusted. Can I tell you those in the the ch- the church house those that are fifth generation apostolic on your mom's side, sixth generation on your dad's side? you know can I tell you that if you need deliverance the same way God delivered me, God can deliver you? I'm sitting here walking in deliverance for the last going on four. Four years now, and I'm trusting God. Yeah, I'm. I'm not preaching great revivals like I have back in my past. I'm not planning daughter work churches and preaching crusades like I have back in my past. But you know what? I said, God, I'm going to be faithful to the small things again, like I once was. When and I and basically right now, brother, where I'm going to is I'm going back to the things that fired me up when I was a new convert. And, and it's not an easy thing because, like in your book, as you mentioned, you have to forgive yourself. process
0: it is a process and there's going to be people in your life people that you look up to who may never unfortunately who may never see you as god sees you i believe that that's not necessarily a bad thing but i can tell you it's not a it's not a good thing right because we have a responsibility as leaders as leaders in the church um I I consider myself a leader just because all this content I put out, the writing I put out, it's impacting lives. People are absorbing it. People are responding. They're writing to me, asking me for advice on things. But here's the thing. My heart gets broken when we get so caught up in this sort of cycle, maybe that's the best way to put it, this cycle of... And really, we might as well just call it what it is. It's an unbelief. It's an unbelief that God can change us. New converts that come in. Yep, we believe they get the Holy Ghost. And, oh, yes, we're all excited. and
1: We have faith, right?
0: We have faith. But then, when your pastor makes a mistake, you're right there ready to condemn him. And hang him and kick him out and hold a coup try and ki- trying to, you know, kick him out of there because he said something you didn't like or because he fell in moral failure, God forbid. Mm. Yes. But here's the thing. Even pastors deserve restoration. Even evangelists deserve restoration. It's not just for the new convert. It's not just for the backslider, and it's not just for the, for the prodigal. Okay, Ooh, It's for you're every preaching. single child of God.
1: When we have that faith for everybody to receive that same freedom that you just spoke of, that's whenever – and when we look at each other saint to saint and, and have faith for each other – I believe that's when we will truly be the light of the world that Jesus spoke of, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. I think a lot of times we're hid and our light's not shining because we're judging each other, looking at each other, holding out rulers, measuring each other to ourselves. And it's like a invisible spirit stronghold on the minds. And we've Played all the church, and God even operates through us all because He, you know, the gifts and calling are without repentance. You can have all church service on fire, and, and and have certain individuals shun or ignore a certain individual because they fell away. They fell fell away in the sin, or maybe it's been gossiped about them, and they didn't, but it, people perceive that they've fallen into sin, and you know. It's not our place to be out there in the microphone and, and setting everything straight either. Sometimes God makes us take the, the low road, the back the back way home.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, bro. You know <laughs> it. There is therefore now there is Therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit Of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. What's the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death is that the wages of sin is death. But we have a resurrection and we have a new life in Christ that all we've got to do, bro, is apply it to our life. We say, and and here's the thing, it's, it's more than just saying i'm sorry or or saying some rosary prayer or going to a priest and 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 hail marys and all these other things it's 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 deeper than that it's more than that Mm -hmm. it's repenting it's saying hey i didn't do this right i'm gonna change and i'm gonna walk a new way that's why you have to walk in the newness of life because even a saved person can struggle with sin and I will almost guarantee you that every saved person struggles with sin, Especially because now, there's when, more when... there's more sin than just cussing and you know uh, premarital sex and
1: smoking smoking a cigarette
0: smoking cigarettes and
1: drinking whatever. beer alcoholic
0: yeah, beverages being a drunken a drunkard there it's more than that okay it goes deeper than that it's the lust it's the desires it's your f- human flesh your humanity your 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 man just your masculinity that has this desire to dominate that if you don't get it in check it's going to dominate you ooh that's right and that's deeper see and that and that's just flesh that's not even spirit that's flesh So you're not just contending with flesh, you're contending with spirit. Which is why the Bible says that you've got to get your flesh into subjection. And the Apostle Paul would say things like, I die daily, because he had to put himself daily. And Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me, because it's a daily thing. It's not, if you do, if one moment in your life, one moment. You decide, hey, while everybody else is going to war and everybody else is doing the right thing, you're going to do just what David did when all the kings are at war. You're going to go back and you're going to sit and you're going to be chilling in the castle and this incredible life that you've built and this incredible blessings that you have. And you're going to look at something that's not yours to have. Right. And you're going to think that you deserve it and you're going to take it. And that's how you fall into sin after you have been saved.
1: You know, brother, what you said is so powerful. This morning while I was out there on the interstate I-10 and in my truck for hours, I was, I'm was i creating a Bible study. Not that it's creating, I'm creating it myself. I'm taking Search for Truth, not the Search for Truth volumes that we're familiar with the charts and everything, but the curriculum. The curriculum, you can get on the Pentecostalpublishing.com, the, the really um, hard meat that you would teach to a minister's class. I'm taking that. And I'm creating PowerPoint slides out of it and using that curriculum and voicing my voice over recording it so I can upload it to YouTube. And in this morning's lesson, it was about what you just said. It was about David, this confirmation. I feel the shivers down my back. I feel the Holy Ghost. That's what David sinned against his flesh when he took Bathsheba. And when he did so, there was five individuals, I believe I'm correct, that died. Bathsheba's baby. I don't remember all the names. I don't have my, my um, iPad next to me, but I typed them all in there. There's five people that died because of the sins of his flesh. But whenever David rose up in pride and in arrogance, and he didn't sin against the flesh as he did with Bathsheba, but sinned against the spirit, 70,000 people died. Wow. Like, I just, I when I read that, I said, whoa. Basically, the Bible was study was saying that that there's two different sins. The sin of the flesh, which was a, it resulted in five people dying. But the sin against the Spirit of God resulted in so much more. And what wow. you just said right now, that, ladies and gentlemen, listen to what the Spirit is speaking.
0: Amen. Wow. Wow. That's good. <laughs> but even, mm-hmm. even when you fail, even when you right. falter, even yes. when you fall... The Bible says that woe unto the man that falls with nobody with him lest he have someone to help him up. Yes. The just man falls seven times and gets back up but a wicked man falls into mischief. So the key and this is what's critical is the first you've got to get back up. Right. The second thing is you need some people, some Bible believing, God fearing, Holy Ghost filled people that yes. believe that the Word of God is true and is forever settled in heaven. That it doesn't matter how you mess up, it doesn't matter How far you've gone, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how far away from the father's house you've gone, no matter how deep into the pig pen you go, no matter how much you have to experience in life or do experience in life before you come to yourself and your senses and you say, man, I had it awfully good in the father's house. And he's rehearsing, this prodigal son, he's rehearsing the whole way home. He's saying, i got to go home. Even the servants in my father's house have it better than I've got right now. And he's saying, I'm going to say sorry. And I'm going to tell him I don't deserve to be his son. And I'm going to tell you what, he gets there. The dad doesn't even give a wooden nickel what he has to say. (laughs) Right? It, It don't matter. Because I know that you're sorry. You're back. I love you. Yes. I'm embracing you. Good and man. he doesn't just he doesn't just say, Okay, come home. What's he do? He gives him his best robe. Oh. He throws a party. He gives him the best the bet the fatted calf, the best calf that he can get. And the elder brother. The elder brother give is my the ring,
1: cho- give my shoes.
0: The elder brother And the elder brother does what the church today wants to do to you. Mm-hmm. The elder brother says, well, why are you receiving him? I mean, he was out here. He wasted your money. He took your money. He went and wasted it, living an incredibly stupid life, doing incredibly stupid things with God knows who, doing who knows what, probably been in jail a few times, and now none of his friends are there because he doesn't have any of the money left. And so he's just coming back and we don't, I just don't think it's genuine and I don't think that he deserves it. And I don't think, listen, none of us have the right to say who does and who doesn't deserve it. That's God's.
1: Let's put him on a five-year probation. (laughs) Let's sit him down for the next half decade and let's make him prove himself. That way he'd be worthy enough to join the ministry once again.
0: I like that you said that because I feel this too. I've been there. How long was it? Between the moment that Jesus died, or maybe I should go back, to the moment that Peter denied Jesus, and the moment that Jesus restored him?
1: That's a good question. How long did it take from that moment he denied him thrice to the time he was restored? Tell us, brother.
0: I, I that's just I just felt to say that I I didn't I know it wasn't no, think a...
1: Of, that's a good question I mean it's making my 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 mind run in many directions that's okay. a good question to think about well he's we... there he's there in the dark and he's cursing I don't, I don't know him I don't know him I don't know him I told you get away from me and all of a sudden he's cruci- he's crucified and he's buried but when he resurrects from the dead that's probably when I would wake up I'd sit there and say what are you serious? And then I would immediately fall, feel as if all the scales fall from my eyes and all the shame and bondage falling off of me. I really believe the resurrection power Jesus had was so powerful. Not only did it raise the people in the graveyard, but he went down into those who died in Abraham's bosom, immediately rising with Christ as he resurrected. I mean, I'm surely at that moment right there, Peter in his spirit was resurrected you know, enough to go back with the women and all the brethren and preach a revival and wait and tarry for the Holy Ghost to be out poured. Oh, that resurrection is what restored him. Amen. Because when I think about the resurrection, it restores me. You know, I don't need all the time my brethren to love me. I don't need all the time people to call me and want to want a fellowship with me. You know, and maybe it might be because I failed in the past and I'm no longer viewed the way I once was viewed as a trusted uh, uh, minister. And it, and it boggles my mind because in my heart, I'm like, God, I know you can trust me. And it's like, OK, God, resurrect me. Father, I have to go back to your resurrection so that I can be resurrected. I think that's the answer there. Because this morning when I was studying this resurrection, I started feeling, it it was a fire shut up in my bones. And I was in my truck and I was feeling the resurrection power when I focused on his resurrection and studied it scripturally. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it did pierce into the dividing asunder of my soul and my spirit this morning. And,
0: and, behold, all things are passed away. Behold, everything is become new. And that, through the resurrection power, and the power that we have as Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled Christians, we have that power to restore We have that responsibility to restore. Because if we believe the Bible is right, and it is, and if we believe it is true, and it is, God cancels out your
1: past. Hallelujah. And brother, I mean, if you think about it, the past, it doesn't even exist. It exists in our minds and the memory. And we choose whether to rebring the the, you know, he says cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalted Exalted itself itself against the knowledge of God God. and bring every thought into the captivity into the obedience, obedience of Christ. And 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 yesterday it it, it doesn't exist. Even an hour ago, it's not alive anymore. Passed away all that we have is the right now and the resurrection power it is alive only in the right now not in on sunday when i get to church or you know i'll think about praying through when the next Lee stone king conference happens in my town then i'll go and get my breakthrough it's like no all i have i don't have tomorrow what is life it's a vapor you're making ramen noodles Uh, spicy chicken noodles and you see the vapors going up and how long do they last are they there next week no they're gone in seconds that's your life you're not promised tomorrow but all we have is right now and right now is the time to x out your past right now is the time to resurrect in the resurrection power of christ and live again i'm speaking to myself live again freddie hidalgo live again Brother brother Crooker, live again, now.
0: And be restored, and be renewed, and resurrected. That is God's purpose, that is God's plan, and let's get behind it.
1: Brother, I feel the restoration power moving in my spirit. If anything, if if anybody out there, you know, if you don't feel what we're feeling here on this podcast, understand I'm getting my resurrection power. My brother here is being resurrected as we speak. We're becoming one in Christ. And this is the way he prayed for that we'd all become one. That's when we can shine our light so bright as a church.
0: This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.